Do you like cum? Oh, yeah. Do you, you like, like jumping jizz? on your fucking ass and jizz? Do you? We, do you like do you, drag shows? Do you, do you like, like reparations? Do you like sending white money to, to black queens? I sure do when it happens to me. We, this week on the podcast, we have the one, the only, the incredible, the Oh, amazing. I can't think of enough words. It's Nikki Jizz. And we talk about all things San Francisco drag, how she started drag, reparations. You know, ho is life. And uh, always show whole. Those are the things I learned from today's recording. I learned how to finally bag me an Uber driver. Have you been to Uber driver? (laughs) Nikki has the hookup. She knows how to do it right. Well, we're going to hear it all now on this next episode of Sloppy Seconds. Thanks for listening, fags. Forever. Dog. When first choice is a big old bus. You turn around and boom, you end up with us. Sloppy Seconds. Oh, diva. Ah. Number is 213-536-9180. Or email sloppysecondspot at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Hi, you sloppy, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dirty little fucks, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dirty little fucks. It's Welcome to Big Dipper's Meatball and Sloppy Seconds with Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. I'm Meatball and that's Big Dipper. Hello. And Meatball. Happy birthday. Thank you. It, see, this is going to be so funny because our last, our Tuesday episode was about me saying it's my birthday and it came out today on my birthday, but today's actually my birthday and it's the right. Friday episode. So it's a right. continuation. So she's, a, are you a birthday week girl? Are you like a, it's my birthday year, so no, we're celebrating I, I, all year long. I feel long. like I used to be like a, this is my birthday month and then it went to a birthday week and now it's like, let's pretend it's not happening. But I, I do want to have. <laughs> The problem is I got so busy that I didn't even think to plan something for myself because, like, the pandemic is is kind of close to being over. I mean, it's not. Did anyone sing you happy birthday? No, but I'm getting a lot of messages today. But, like, I think maybe... Yeah, I saw Eureka O'Hara posted. Two weeks. I know. Shocked. In two weeks, I think I'm going to do, like, a birthday dinner, but, like, just, like, super late. That's, like... That's the most adult thing to do, right? Yeah. You've been to multiple of my birthday celebrations because I only have three friends. But it's always fun to see them again. <laughs> okay, well, let's bring on our guest, um, who you just got to spend some time with. The shorter amount of time than you would have liked. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm very we'll mad. We'll get into all of that. Why don't you intro our very special guest? Today? Okay. Our very special guest is the host of Reparations at Oasis. She is a San Francisco legend, icon, and incredible drag performer. It's Nikki Jizz! Or as I renamed her this week, Nicole Jizzington. Oh, that's good. Right? Hi, Nikki! Hi, everyone. Hi, Big Dipper. Hi, Meatball. Happy fucking birthday, Diva. Thank you, Diva. Oh, my gosh, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I had such a wonderful time with you this weekend. I was like, let's get her on the pod. Oh, my God. It was so much fun. I'm so... Thank you so much for coming up to SF for that. That was such a fucking great opening night, too, for reparations. So, it was like everything. Yes. Line around the block, Diva. (gasps) 
Amazing. I do want to, I also was thinking about your name because your name is Rife. Rife? It's yeah. primed. It's primed for like elongation because like Nikki is obviously short is like a shortened version of Nicole and Jizz is like I guess the the longer version is like Jizzums. But I was like Jism. Nikita Jism, uh Nicole like like Dr. Professor Nicole Jism is like so funny to me like any sort of <laughs> Not Dr. Professor. Dr. Dr. Professor, I'll take it. Put that on my credit card. Yeah. Um, No, um, I've gotten so many random ones. Like, like, I get Nicole Page Jizz all the time. Ah! Nicole Page Jizz. uh, Onika Jizzmore. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the Jizzington one because I'm like, oh, it's very Bridgerton. It's like. Yes. Oh. And your dragon's very inspired by Bridgerton, right? It's very. Very much that. Um, very time period uh, central. Very much that. Very classy. Petticoats. <laughs> Petticoats. Uh, I don't really show much skin. No, never. Right. Right. You definitely didn't show skin and get kicked off Bitch Pudding's uh, drag live thing. Let's talk Digital about drag. That. The, that moment. The justice for Nikki Jizz moment. So, okay. So, w- back, gosh, a lifetime ago at the beginning of the pandemic, when Bitch Pudding started digital drag on Twitch... On the first ever performance, right? Like the first show, you were booked. You get on there and they cut your feed. And everyone was like, justice for Nikki. And the the what it boiled down to was Twitch is very, very strict about what you can show. And you were bare-legged in a leotard. And that was too much for Twitch. So apparently what happened was there was like... They sent us the rules of, like, what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think I, I'm fine with what I was doing. But all the performers before me were, like, in, like, bathing suits. Are like, they're in lingerie, showing nipples, doing all the things that they weren't to, supposed to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when it got close to me, they already got so many warnings. And they were like, when, it, like, I literally just had, like, a, this nice little gown on. And then I took it off to just a basic leotard. But... I got more. I got more thighs than most of these girls, and I don't well, pass. It wasn't well, the front. It wasn't the front end. If I can remember correctly, it was back. that you took it off, and then right as you turned around, cheeks. It. It. They saw like a flash of cheeks, and then the next thing I know, the feed dropped. Yeah, I mean, I got. A, I got a big ass. I, what can I say? I was like, I'm gonna show it off, bitch. Cannot be contained in a regular uh, standard fit to form leotard. Oh, no, baby. <laughs> I was like, bitch. Ten thousand people about to see my ass right now. <laughs> Um, so yeah i got cut off and like i didn't know what was happening i was like wait was it on my end what happened and then i like literally was like what the fuck and i was like so upset literally i was like about to cry and then i was like so upset and then i started getting sympathy tips and i was like oh oh i'm like but you can take me off anytime your your yeah your piece was actually commentary on like censorship in the digital age and so it was cut short on purpose and therefore you got tipped the house down so that's the good narrative to go yeah with. it was it was crazy and then i like bitch like bitch and meg were like oh my god we feel so bad that we had to do that so they brought me back the next week and i was like all right fine i'll do like because com- i realized with twitch like i i'm a hoe you are yeah hoe is life hoe is motherfucker. Mm-hmm. hoe is not a phase hoe is what like, like. <laughs> um, so I like Twitch was not like good for my hoe aesthetic. 
So I was like, I guess I just got to be a fucking comedian because it's all I can <laughs> get away with on Twitch. Like I can't show, I can't show hole, which I do a lot at my shows. Like yeah, you used to lip sync with your hole. Yep, I do that. I mean, San Francisco drag, we show hole. Mm. <laughs> and that's what's on the Welcome to San Francisco. San Francisco drag, we show hole. We show hole. Uh, wait for the SF drag excellence. It's just my hole. That's it. <laughs> okay, so out of the digital, wow, we show whole. Out of the digital, do you think Meatball get invited to the Drag Excellence of SF? Because it's the only one she might get invited to. Bum, out of bum. the, uh, out of the the digital drag era, you birthed a show called Reparations, correct? Or did it exist prior to digital? No, so I created the show Reparations on Juneteenth of 2020, and work. I was, like, already – I had, a, like, another show that I was doing. I was hosting, like, a show on the Studs Twitch account. I was doing Turbo mm. Pageant with my friend Florida Man, which is, like, a drag competition. And at the time, it was, like, during the summer of, like, all the Black Lives Matter protests and, like, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. All those things were happening. And it just felt weird doing a regular drag show or competition shows. It just didn't – it didn't feel right. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I should be doing something different. And then Juneteenth was coming up, and I was like, all right, wh- like, I want to do something. Like, I have a partner who's, like, uh, has a compromised immune system. So, like, me going out in the streets protesting during that wasn't really, like, the safest thing. Right. Um, being around people just was scary. So, I was like, I wanted to do something of a protest and something that highlights whatever I, you know, my my skills, like, as a performer and a host. So, I was like, I'm going to do this fucking drag show, an all-black drag show, on Juneteenth. And I called it reparations because uh, I I would do like shows in the city and it'd be like a lot of white people in the crowd. I was like, "Fuck you, white people, pay your fucking reparations." And right. like, exactly. They get scared and just throw me money. I was like, "There you go." Um, <laughs> so I was like, "Let me pull this show together." And I booked like half. Uh, the cast is always half from the Bay Area, half from everywhere else. Um, and we did the very first one on Juneteenth and. It was fucking amazing. We did really well. We raised like a lot of money to give back to people. We did raffles um, from Sugar Pill, like donated a bunch yeah. of certificates. So we did like raffles, and that money went to um, every month. We, when we do a raffle, the money goes to a Black Trans, uh, our Black organization, um, to like have that money go back into our community. Nice. Uh, and the whole point is like it's for like to celebrate black artists and to amplify their talent, to give them a spotlight. Um, and not just like on a Nicki Minaj night or a Beyonce night when mm-hmm. like, cause that's the only time some of us got booked at big shows. It was like, right. you know, everybody, like when you, you do a group number and you're Lady Marmalade, I always got to be Little Kim. Uh, 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 but Maya. also arguably the best. Yeah. The best <laughs> one. Yeah. Maybe I want to be Maya. Okay. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to be Maya. No one wants to be like, Maya. Wow. But sometimes, but Christina Aguilera, the Jew in that riff seems fun sometimes. I know. Yeah, and I, sometimes I want to do that. Sometimes I just want to, eh, eh. But you know, Little Kim's part <laughs> is the best, though. And it's like, but it's. But I completely understand what you mean. I get that. It's like wild to think of it like that. That, And I know it happens out in LA a lot, too, where it's like theme nights are the nights that the girls of color get booked. And it's like, that feels. No, fuck that. (laughs) And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do reparations where every night is Nicki Minaj night, every night is Beyonce night, every night is, like, whatever, like, all black excellence. And we've been doing it, I started on Juneteenth of last year, and we did it digitally until this Juneteenth. 
And then uh, we just had our very first real life version of it um, last week on, yeah, we're doing it second Fridays at Oasis. And it was fucking awesome. It's cool so, that Oasis is hosting it. It was like such a, it's like a perfect stage. It's a perfect theater venue for that. And you, Mama, did did you sell out out? Or was it we were, capacity? we were close to selling out, but we were we were fully packed in the bar. Like Yeah, because I amazing. couldn't go up the stairs. It was insane. insane. Yeah. I think we, we were like 15 away from being like sold out. But, Ooh. Yeah, so we were, that's but including like guest lists and everything. So Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely but, hit our mark. Do you think anyone was offended? My favorite part about the whole thing is that white people had to pay more to get in. I was going to ask, is that, <laughs> do you do that? Yeah. Yes. I love that. Yes. It is called reparations. It is, this is not lookerations. No <laughs> hateration in my fucking dancery. No lookerations. You paying to show up to this party. So what we did was we had a dis uh, a discounted ticket for black people for ten dollars, uh-huh. a general admission for fifteen, and then we had a reparations ticket where it was twenty five dollars, and ten dollars of that goes to pay for a black trans person's ticket. Go off. That's incredible. Yeah. So, like, I wanted to do something. It was like, and people, like, a lot of people bought that. And I was like, good, because it's like, and then I made a little form so, like, black trans people can, like, sign up. And I think I'm going to open it up, like, to black trans and black disabled, like, folks, so that they can sign in and be able to right, get right. into the show for free. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I want to make sure the, like, marginalized communities, like, even in our sub communities, like, are being, like, taken care of. Um, and yeah, and fucking those fucking white people paid. I was like, bitch, I was like, I hope y'all checked your white fragility at the door. Right. Yeah, you kept reading the white audience. You were like, here's what's happening. You're paying more to get in. You're standing in the back of the show. We're making jokes. This is what's happening. You're at a reparation show. I love that. Yeah, I told him, I was like, bitch, if you right here in the front, you better have all your money out. If you ain't got no money, take your ass to the back. Take your ass to the back and watch the show. And they pulled that money out. Mama, the girls were coming back. So there was like a bucket for the tips when they would collect it after the stage. And it was uh-huh. so full that they were like carrying the bucket full of money and then having to, the people who were picking up the tips had to like fill their t-shirts with the money. Like we got tipped out. It was insane. That's incredible. Yeah. What was like a, what was like a highlight number from the, the show? Who did something great? But both okay, so Nikki Jizz decides to enter the show, begin the show, and a headpiece that's about four feet tall and like four <laughs> feet wide, so she can't fit through a door. And then there's what was it, three reveals in this number? Uh, uh, three reveals, yeah. There were three reveals. Um so yeah, I did no uh, No Ordinary Love by Shaw Day. Okay. And it has it starts open and I have like this giant showgirl, like Vegas showgirl headdress. That uh-huh. my um, drag mother made me. And then the outfit was made by my drag grandmother. Uh, so Ronnie made the headpiece and David Damamora made the outfit. And literally the outfit showed up like an hour before the show. <gasps> really? It's very on brand. But it showed up an hour before. It was gorgeous. Sequence all over. And yeah, I like hit that mark and just like took off the coat. And then there was two skirts. And yeah, I just like gave him a little beautiful. I was like, I'm gonna give him glamorous Nikki for a moment, and then I turned it to a hoe for my very last number. Yes, your last number yeah. was hoe. So for the final finale, I will be showing hole meatball. What was what did you deliver? I did like a Lizzo mix, and then I did a little bit of why men great till they gotta be great. Yes, I started in like a wedding dress, and then ended up in the red 
um, oh, yeah. corset number. Yeah, the bat, uh, Bob Maki. Mackie. Yeah, it's like a little Mackie remake. And then I um, also intercut it with uh, RuPaul reading his own lyrics because I think it's so funny. <laughs> where he's like, rise, shine. Clock say, pussy time. <laughs> Do I pop my pussy? Because oh, it's mine. The, yeah, the it's the Catitude song. Yeah, but he <laughs> like read he read them aloud once because it's so absurd and it makes no sense. There's a part where it's like, do I suck dick? Elect me president. Like none of the lyrics make any sense. <laughs> Honestly, I started, when you were doing that, I was like, what the fuck is this mix? Like, <laughs> I was like, where where is this going? Like, it was just like the words really, I was like, these words make no sense. Exactly. <laughs> It made absolutely no sense. I know because you, when we did the rehearsal, you came out of the dressing room and like looked, and you were like, "What is happening here?" And I was like, "Trust me, it's gonna work." Yeah, it was fucking amazing. You killed it. It was a wonderful time. I just kept asking if Heclina was dead, which I think, uh, if that ever gets back to her, is probably not going to be a good thing. Oh, well, well, you know, maybe she is dead. I don't know. Who cares? My palm. She's in Palm Springs, right? Didn't she like move to Palm Springs? Yeah, that's yeah. where uh, rich white privileged people go. Um, when oh my gosh, done. okay. So when the Did first you say time- when they're done, <laughs> when they're done. <laughs> um. Well, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to hear. <laughs> right. Black. <laughs> Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm-hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this is oh, like, yeah. you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 
20% off your next box. That's code SLOPPYSECONDS50 at factormeals.com slash SLOPPYSECONDS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Okay, so we are back, and we're back, Miss Nikki Jays. I want to know about how you found yourself in San Francisco and how you started doing drag. Are you from San Francisco? Are you from the Bay? No, I'm actually from LA. I'm from what? Back. What? Yeah. What? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm from Inglewood, bitch. I are oh, you by the airport? Uh, I'm uh, Manchester and Crenshaw, right around there. Okay. Um, so my mom still lives in LA, but I'm originally from LA and I like went to school in like Santa Monica and like Palisades area. And then after like high school, I was like just doing community college in Santa Monica. And I was like, fuck this shit. Like I might as well, <laughs> like if I'm doing community college, like I can do that shit anywhere. Like, yeah, it's not like I'm like on a scholarship or some bullshit. So my best friends were in San Francisco and I had been up to visit a few times and I was like, fuck, I love it up here. And I just like packed everything up and moved up here twelve years ago. Whoa! Wow! I've been here twelve years, I, and I fucking love San Francisco. Like when? Wait. Oh, sorry. Finish up. Finish what you're gonna say. Finish, what you're finish gonna up say. now. No, finish, finish up. up what you. No, you better finish <laughs> just, up. You know, wrap it up. Wrap it up with a bow, and then. Uh, I'll no, I was just gonna ask. Up. You've been in San Francisco for twelve <laughs> years, so you did. You did um, community college. What? When did you start drag? What? Made I you? didn't. I didn't start drag until maybe. Wait, what's the year? It's 21. I started drag six years ago. Like, oh, I've wow. been doing drag for six years. And I never, like, I never did drag when I was in L.A. Like, when I was in L.A., I mostly hung out with, like, I had, like, some queer friends, but I, I fucked most of them, so then we weren't really friends anymore. Um, and then huh. when I moved up here, I was, like, hanging out with, like, my straight girls and... I would like pick off my some of the straight girl. I was thinking, hey, my, my straight. Girl. It's like my, Kathy it's the opposite. Used to say my gays. Yeah, yeah. And then I like all my straights. Pick off some of the frat boys at the parties. Uh-uh. Um, and then when I started like really hanging out in like the queer scene, I was like, I would go out to like bars like Aunt Charlie's here and the Stud, um, and I would go there and like see some of the drag shows, and I'm like, ooh, this place looks fun. Like I like this and. Then one day I ended up doing a drag number at my work party. Um, I used to work for Amoeba Music. Uh, oh, oh work. Yeah, cool. I managed it for about seven years, and I've been working there for 12. Wow. Holy shit. Like, I was a full-time working at Amoeba and then did drag, like, three to four times a week at 1.2. Um, it was exhausting. But I we did a, like, work party, and I did, like, an eight-minute Beyonce m- number, and I thought I was the most Ooh. bitch. I didn't even shave. Uh, I had a little bit of blush, <laughs> a lipstick, and uh, I went out there in a little shake and go and did an eight-minute Beyonce medley. And I was like, y'all can't tell me shit. I am gorgeous. I looked back at it. I was like, girl, you looking busted. <laughs> ah! That was the beginning of it. And then... Just blush? Just blush? I, I'm amazed I even put blush on, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I just started using blush this year. <laughs> oh, right. Wait, but that's real, real meatball, meatball, right? Yeah. You, like, never... You used to do your whole face with no blush? I didn't... I Yeah, well, because to be kind of on it, like, black people don't really blush. People of color don't, like, have red in their skin tones at all, so okay. it looks weird to me. 
that's exactly why I didn't do it, too. I was like, I don't fucking... It looks really weird when I see a black person with, like, red on their cheek. Because I'm like, that's, like, not natural. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm not supposed to... My skin, I have no pink undertones. I have no red undertone. I'm like, yellows, greens, and oranges. Yeah, that was a part of my thing, too. And I was like, maybe... And then I found, like, a blush that is, like, more, like, earth tones. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's the kimchi, like, Naomi, like, one. Like, that one oh, like, actually yes, yes. works really well for my, like, skin tone. So I'm like, all right, finally. I'm like, um... So I finally... I was like, all right, let me try it. I was like, oh, okay, it kind of works. It just, like, adds a little bit right underneath the highlight. But, yeah, I never did it before. And then I was like, because black people don't blush. We don't blush. No. Right. Dipper's just now learning about people of color. I'm also just learning about makeup. I was like, I, I, to me, I understand makeup as like eyeshadow, lipstick, blush, and contour. There's more, I'm sure. But that's, very, that's, that's, that's a, what I know. That's a very white way to think about it. <laughs> now- <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I'm very speaking of speaking of I uh I had I, I had a note on the outline so I'm sending you money for being on our show right now. Oh, perfect, perfect. You reparations, I appreciate it. Yes, I'll take all of the coins. Thank you. Put it she back says, into the black pockets. Put your money where your black square is. Okay. Kitching. Oh my god, the black square. That was. I mean, I thought it was genius when you started reparations and we're just like white people pay up. It's time. Yeah, because, like, it was one of those things, like, last summer when everyone posted that black Instagram square. But then they were posting thirst traps right afterwards. And it was like, but everyone got their little picture at the protests and, like, but everyone doing shit about it. So I'm like, put your money where your black square is. Show up. And if you're not at my party, you're what? Racist. Well, and I said this thing the other day to my friends. They were like, did you know that the Dixie Chicks just changed their name to the Chicks? And I was like, no, they did it last summer when everyone was a racist. Like, it feels like that energy is gone now. Right. But And, like, people have, like, they're like, well, I did what I did, but now I'm going to go back to defending my racist faves. And it's like, it's just kind of like, so we learned nothing. It, again, it's just like Pride Month. The minute it's over, the minute you feel like it's done, it's over. But there's like, to me, it's not over. To me, the like, the I, the microaggressions still exist when I live my daily life. But just because uh, you, there's no protests anymore, I feel like a lot of white people feel comfortable just getting back to regular life. Yeah, they're like, oh well, that hap- that was last summer. I did my march, and then no one, you know, winter hit and everyone's cold, so they're staying indoors. But like. Nah, bitch, get your ass out there. Get a fucking parka. I know you got the North Face jacket. Get your ass out there. Mm-hmm. And continue to protest. And I'm not saying to go burn down police stations, but if you did, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> she, she gave the double thumbs up. She gave the double thumbs <sighs> up. Well, yeah, I mean, because it all like it, it's not one moment. It's 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 last summer was like a moment when the <laughs> the swinging magnifying glass happened to sort of catch everyone's view to see a little bit more behind the curtain of what has been happening yeah. for centuries and how the things of you know the the atrocities and the genocide and the war crimes of fucking four centuries ago continue to um, dictate every system that we have, especially in this country, but all around the world. And people saw that and they were like, oh, I've never taken a single action like this in my life. So if I post one thing on Instagram, donate to one cause and go for one march, I've done my part. And it's not, it's about changing a mindset, which is a challenge every single day. I mean, even even in like the smallest little ways, like just back to that 
blush conversation that we had. I literally had never thought about that because I just thought about makeup as these are all the things that everybody uses. Mm. You're like, oh, there you go. Never thought about that because I am a white person. Yeah, I Uh, mean, there's a lot of things people are just like are really they just don't put the like thought to it. They want to do as little as possible to check it off. They're like, all right, I did that. I posted this. I showed up there, but it's like, this is an everyday thing. It's a constant thing because it's an everyday thing for being black. It's an everyday thing dealing with microaggressions, systemic racism. It's like an everyday thing that we have to deal with. I went to school in the fucking Pacific Palisades. Which oh, is God. like One of the richest, like, fucking neighborhoods in San Francisco. I mean, in L.A. And, like, had to deal with so much shit on a regular basis. And I was so young, I didn't really even think about it. And I think back now, I was like, fuck, I just let that shit, like, slide because I didn't know better and it's like all these things and it's like and i like i was like oh hell no and i'm like i check everyone on every fucking thing i was like you said that give me a dollar (laughs) hey the rest of the world works on a capitalistic way it doesn't mean social justice doesn't need to you know exactly you're like this is education uh this is progress you should be paying for this but you know what i Oh. Sorry, go. No, go ahead. no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. No, you go. No, I realized that I uh, I got a lot of my, like, me yelling at white people to give me money from Meatball, actually. Oh, white money. Oh, yeah. Give me your white money. Oh, I should post about that today. Like, yeah, birthday. I would do that yeah. all the time. And then I just realized that I'm, like, a fin dom to white people because I'm just like, fuck you, white people. Pay your reparations. And they're like, uh, uh, here's my money. And I'm like, right. They love it. They love it. Well, it helps that you're pretty and you show whole. So you're very like um, people. They feel like, oh, I'm being included to pay my reparation. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, I didn't even have to go to Steamworks for this. Ah, oh, not Steamworks! Wait, 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 wait. Um, the powerhouse? No, I. Oh. God damn it! I was gonna say one more thing about what we were just talking about. Uh. Eh. I love oh, if you forgot, I want to talk a little bit about the stud because I'm, I'm not sure everyone in our audience knows a bunch about it. I kind of have a well, what? Oh, you remembered? I remembered, but go for I, it, I, and then and then we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about the stud. Okay, um, former uh, uh, guest of ours who was a San Francisco resident for a bit, Leo Herrera. Do you know Leo? Leo makes films. Okay, so Leo posted something yesterday about um, basically as a call to like. Uh, to white people who um, even in passing or casual ways deny the experience of their friends of color. Uh, Oh, right. that That cashier was racist. They followed me around the store. They whatever. Even the suggestion, even if it's true that that person just happens to be an asshole while they're working the cash register, the idea of, of pushing back in the slightest to say, well, maybe it wasn't racism. Maybe they were just having a bad day. Yeah, I don't like that shit. Like even, even if logically in your white brain and my white brain and our white brain as white people, you're like, yeah, I've had people be assholes to me because they're having a bad day. And then I just move on. That doesn't change the experience as a whole of people of color in this world that is white centered. And so I just found his post. He was just sort of explaining. He was like, he was like, you just, you can't, that's not a thing that you can do. You can't try to rationalize someone's experience because 
they had it and you know nothing as a white person what it's like to not be white. That always happens to me if I go to a grocery store with someone and we're being followed around. I'm like, that person's following us. And they're like, no. Mm. And then like slowly at the end of each aisle, I'll have to be like, look, there they are again. Look, right. there they are again. And I'm like, you didn't notice this because it's not something you ever have to think about or deal with. And so you denied it. But like now you're seeing firsthand this is happening to me. Well, and I know the motivation for it. The motivation is like, no, we can't live in this fucked up of a world. You must be seeing things. You're delirious. Like humanity is great. And it's like, no, that's a delusion. Yeah, I like we as white people are trying to like think about it is not that. It's that everyone has that implicit bias and it's fucked up. That's all. End of list. Oh yeah. It's complete and it's like it's something that's just like it's natural or it's like it is something our this fucking country, this world has like put onto people like who are not of color and it's just like in their head like oh I need to Hold my purse. Like the amount of times that I've had like women when I'm walking by, like pull their purses or oh my god, and I'm like, bitch, I am a faggot walking around in some (laughs) fucking high heels, wearing a crop top. You think I'm gonna steal your fucking that literally knockoff coach purse? Just happened to me and Joanne's. I was getting I was getting that bouquet of flowers for my for my number, and this woman she came into the flower aisle where I was, and she stood next to me, and so I was like, she got in my way, so I went around her to the side that her purse was on, and I went to reach for some flowers, and she immediately grabbed her purse and snatched it away from me, and I looked at her, and I went, are you fucking kidding me? And I, like, grabbed the flowers that I needed, and I just was like, well, I and I just walked away, but I was like, how fucking dare you chose to stand next to me. You chose to get in my way, and then you're going to act like I'm trying to steal from you. I mean, you should have known you went to Joanne's. That is a white woman's name. Uh, well, no, but I didn't want to go all the way downtown. <laughs> Joanne. 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 Oh, a different Joanne. Song. <laughs> all right. Well, let's take a, a, a quickie breaky. We'll, we'll be, be right, right back. back. Right black. I can say it. Okay, give me two seconds. I gotta just make sure the cat is alive. We're back. We're back. Oh my god, the gay cold. Oh no, it's just COVID, right? Oh my god, I was terrified because I thought I, ha- I was like, oh my god, I have COVID. I've got COVID after like going out on Pride, and then I was like, everyone's like, no, it's just a gay cold. And I like got my test and everything too, and I was like, oh okay, I'm just oh, wait, it's just my body not being used to being around a bunch of faggots, like right, yeah. Also, the term gay cold is like very problematic because it's so evocative of uh, HIV. The, a- the HIV. That was like, ooh, I was like, but it's also, it probably is some young millennial who, like, takes prep every goddamn day in multiple roads who doesn't think about the history of gay cold or, like, that of gay history at all. Fuck Gen Z! Yeah, fuck them. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Meepo, you wanted to talk a little bit about the stud? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the stud because you used to perform at the stud constantly. That was the first time I think I ever saw you perform form was at the stud where you did your very famous and iconic ass drop oh yeah my ass drop um how's your spine um i've only had complaints uh no um so yeah this well first off the ass drop is for people who don't know what that is yes describe it's me like i am like 
performing, but the the ashtrop is I literally get to the edge of a stage and I just jump in the air and like sit down on my ass. So I just jump and land on my ass and sit in a in a sitting position. So I just mm-hmm. jump. I get, sometimes I get like a good like four feet up or so, and then I just sit down. Yeah. And drop. Um, and I only, I honestly, I just started padding in the last like four, three months or whatever. And before I was just like, I got a big ass. So I was like, I got enough cushion. Um, so I was just doing it How? like that. It looks like it hurts. It looks like it hurts more than when girls jump on their knees. Yeah. Uh, and I used to do the knee thing too. And I had to stop doing that. Uh, but no, the ass thing, it's, it's, it's really about how I land. I like, I really have a lot of cushion. This ass is sponsored by Taco Bell. So okay, um, okay, it, it's got a lot of cushion to it, but I would do it and like I learned like sometimes I would start turning like if I jump too high I would like once I a few times I've landed on my tailbone but oh okay. no yeah I'm fine like once I was like oh bitch oh not anymore um but now that I'm padding it's like I do it and like the the crazy sound is like the craziest part is the sound when I do it because mm-hmm. it's like that slap. it's a fart it's a fart sound oh it is like. <laughs> Bitch, you think that's earthquake? That is it right there. Um, so I would. It do doesn't it. make the sound padded. Now yeah. you just hear like a nerf. It's like, it's like, it's like um, I want to read. I want to read a post from the late great Mayhem Miller. Oh no, she's not dead. From the great Mayhem Miller, it says, "Drag queens, stop hurting yourselves for claps and cheers. You only have one body, and I know the bars don't offer you health insurance. Be smart. You don't have to injure yourself to be entertaining." Just food for thought. Well, I broke I broke my hip trying to get a coin. <laughs> Bitch, the so amount I've of things learned. I've like done to my body to like get a Is fucking dollar to get a dollar, and I'm like, you just feel that adrenaline. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm- and you want, and we're there to hype up the audience. Like, I want well, them to enjoy the fucking show. Nikki, I remember seeing you. We were both performing at the Castro Street Fair. I think this was maybe the last time I performed in San Francisco. It's probably f- four years ago now at this point. Actually, okay, I know exactly. Longer? It was it was four years ago, October seventeenth. The only reason I know <gasps> only reason I know the date is I just got a new drag room and I'm okay. asking the photographer to like print uh, a steal from that, so I had to tell him the date. But yeah, it was the 2017, I think. So yeah, it was four years, uh, like four years ago. And I remember, I think either you performed. I think I showed up to the gig and I got to watch you perform before I went on or something. I don't know, but you were so high energy. But I feel like you jumped off that fucking five or six foot tall stage into the audience, leapt off a speaker. I was like. This is a superhero. Yeah. Um, that's actually the picture that I'm getting, like, reprinted to put in my <laughs> oh! room. It's like, but it's, like, literally you see me jumping, and I'm, like, five feet in the air. Yes! And I did, I think I was doing, like, Tomboy by Princess Nokia, which is, like, one of my go-to numbers. Yes! Um, but, yeah, that was, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Yeah, I remember that exact, like, that day. That was so funny. That was a really fun time. I love that. I love that. Well, listen, we... Yes, the stud. The Tell stud. us about the stud. So the stud, um, stud's like if you anyone doesn't know about the stud, it is the greatest. Uh, you know, it's the greatest fucking place in San Francisco. I love that bar so fucking much. Um, I started. I remember like before I really was doing drag. I was like, I just went there and I was like, I love this place. I want to be a regular. I was like, I want to be like Cheers. When I walk in the bar, they know my name, <laughs> and I was like, but I wasn't like anyone at that point but i was like i just want to be here 
And then when I started doing drag, I like my goal was like my main goal was like I want to perform on the set stage. Um, like there was this party called Club Something that was put on by mm-hmm. David Bamamore, Vivi, and uh, Downey. And like I was like, that is the show I want to be a part of. And right, it made right. me inspired me to do drag. Like I saw people like Honey Mahogany, Ronnie, and fucking you know like Dulce de Leche like be so gorgeous oh, icon. and amazing on those stages. So. I mean that that bar has so much history. It was there before Stonewall. I mean, it's moved mm. to different places, but you know, the stud was like there for such a long time. And unfortunately, like last year, last May, they had to close their doors. Um, and we're in San Francisco. We are the most expensive, like rent price city in the fucking country. Mm-hmm. It's right. insane. And they're like they're the landlord of the the owner of the building like raise the rent like insanely amount. Yeah. Yeah. So they decided like they were going to have to leave the place eventually anyway. And they were like, you know what? We're going to close down now. So we don't have to pay all this back. And I literally found out that the set was like closing their doors during the pandemic, right before like a digital stream. And I like, I lost it and like was crying throughout the whole entire stream. I mean, I still cry when I think about it. Like, yeah, it's like my favorite place. Like when I'm in the neighborhood, I still like, stop there and have a cigarette outside just like to be i know i walked by it when i was just there and i was like it's so weird looking now what i think is cool is that like in the past so so there was also a couple things before they closed the doors the the owner as like singular owner left and now it's a it's a co-op so it's owned by a group of people all of whom you know are business owners of course but are also like artists and queer people in the community not like it's not like an investment property and what i think is cool is they made it very very known that the stud collective is full-on still in existence and it's about finding another location to sort of continue the legacy versus like we're done now someone's got to start something new it's just the physical location is over for the moment and then you know the 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 stud will carry on which i think is very exciting yeah i mean i know like all the collective members and they were actually the stud was the very first um uh collect uh, like co-op bar in the country and now i think there's another one i think there's another one in the east bay now starline social club just became one as well um but it was the very first one ever um and there's i mean i i came up with the phrase for them i was like the stud is not a phase stud is life because Mm -hmm. i know it's like you know it's the four walls may not be there but the energy of the stud is forever living on like the stud was like a great place because it was it wasn't just like another white cis gay bar. It was like a bar for queers. It was a bar f- for everyone. Like there, a lot of the lesbian bars were closing down, and like it was a place that I knew a lot of like femme and queer and non-binary like folks and people of color felt really comfortable there because you didn't have to worry about like circuit queens or fucking you know like you know, leather daddies from the Eagle or like being like rude or racist or whatever bullshit. So like yeah. instead was like, it was my home. Like I fucking love that place. I, I did ass drops there every goddamn <laughs> girl on that stage. that can't really handle a lot. Of, they're like, don't no. step in this area. You'll fall through. I was putting dents in that thing. And then there were used to be, a, there was a bar 
um, like uh-huh. this hidden bar up top on, above the stage. Oh. And I would jump on there. You would and swing, swing on it. I would it. literally swing like fucking Tarzan, like up and then do a like land on it. Um, I would swing from that thing like all the time. Um, I've only missed it once. <laughs> One night I missed it and I fell through the audience. Uh, uh, but it was, uh, it was like uh, it was like two in the morning. No one was really around. so, And I, I played it off. But I missed the set a lot. But it will be back soon. We'll find a new place for it. And I told them they have to put a bar so I could swing all around the bar um, all over again. Like a jungle gym. But. I love that. <laughs> that sounds That's amazing. Good. All right. Now we're moving on to our next segment, which is mm, fuck, fuck time. time. Did you get that? Did you get that? Okay, so now in this segment, segment where we talk about um, an uncomfortable <laughs> fuck talk story. I mean, you've listened. You know what we're doing here. You know what we're doing. We're talking about dicks and things. We're talking about sucking a dick. Talking about sucking a dick. Do you have any uncomfortable or weird stories? Um, any go-to wild and crazy experiences? Well, I have a few. Oh, I have a lot of them being a hoe like myself. Um, <laughs> but this is something like me and Meeball have always talked about is about me hooking up with Uber drivers. Oh, yeah. Uber drivers! I, I just don't understand. No <laughs> Uber driver has ever hit on me. And I think, am I just putting out the wrong energy? I think it's the look. I think when you look at Nikki and then you look at what you're doing, there's an obvious choice for sexual congress, and that would be Miss Jism. Jizzingtoms. And sometimes I already have like like condensed milk all over in my hair that looks like cum. Oop. So they're like, wait, maybe I can Oop. just add more. Uh, <laughs> uh, um no, okay, so I've I it was one of those things for a while. I was like I'd like leave the club and then like the Uber drivers would be like, Hey, hey. And sometimes I'd be like Shit, I had a few cocktails. You look good. Let's do this. Or I had a few cocktails, and you look good enough. So, um, right. And sometimes that was the case. Um, I don't know. It's like hooking up with Uber People are always like, "How do you do it? How does it go?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah, explain. Let me give you some details. Like this is how it works. Um, Tips and tricks. When you get in the car, you get in the car and like always scope them out, look them over, see if they're like or something that you would even be interested in. That starts off right there. Then. You're like, all right, cool. And then you can maybe start up a conversation if they want. And then always sit diagonal from them so mm-hmm. that they can see you better. So if they're oh. driving, you want to sit on the right, uh, like behind the passenger seat. Uh, Strategy. So they, yeah, okay, so they can okay. get a better shot of you. Um, so like, and sometimes I'd be in there and you <laughs> yeah. see them, because like I'm in full drag. Most Usually I'm always in drag when they are trying to get at me. So I'm in drag, and then they're, like, looking back in the mirror, and I'm just, like, smiling here and there. Maybe start soak up a conversation, pun intended. And, oh, no. Uh, yeah. And then, like, we'll be, like, talking. and then Stroke it up. And if the conversation's going really well, you can, like, oh, all right, we're about to do this. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, you want to come inside? Sometimes what happens is you want to come. You let them in your home? You must have parking in your neighborhood. Yeah, I live in the Sunset, so there's parking everywhere. Oh, there's always parking in the Sunset. Okay, so I've only let a few in my house. Usually we just do it in their car. Um, Yeah, that's the fun part, right? Yeah. Um, But normally, the thing is, I usually get out of drag, because I I don't want them fucking up my lace fronts. I don't want them fucking Mm. up my shit. 
so they so really ma- know because because I've obviously heard lots of stories where it's like you know certain chasers don't know the full ins and outs of the spectrum of gender expression in the queer community and so um uh a friend of ours meatball uh who may or may not listen to the podcast uh who is a trans woman said she was on a date and uh basically uh uh you know told her tea to her date and as they were driving along there was a all-star six um promo billboard on the highway and her date said oh yeah that that that's the most famous transsexual in the world and pointed to rupaul that was the quote Oh, from her no. date and she was like you're gonna have to go ahead and drop me off now. we're going home just, we're going home. I'm, I'm going home uh and so so that's that's interesting that that so they understand that you're gonna then go get out i of mean drag. most of them i like get out of drag i mean okay there was one dude they can fuck you out of drag okay so <laughs> i've only had sex and drag like a few times and usually it's with people i know um, but this one dude usually, usually. Um, <laughs> but this one dude, he like. So sometimes what happens is you'll get out of the car and they're just like sitting there still. And then I like walk back. I was like, did I forget something? Did I forget something? And this one guy, I went back and I did it. And I was like, did I forget something? And he's like, big ass dick just right there. Like, and he's like, I think so. I was like, I think I did too. I think I forgot something. And I was like, uh, I was like, I'll take this off. He's like, no, like I want you to keep it on. And I looked at it again. I was like, okay. And I was like, um, so I mean, I did run it back inside and got a shake and go. I put on one of my pussycat wigs. Right. Um, That's a lot of traveling back and forth. Once I got inside, I'd be like, well, well no, because I had my that. luggage and I already took it out of the car. I'm not going to put it oh. back in the car. So I like dropped it in the house, put on a little pussycat wig because he looked like a dude who was like very man. He was about to manhandle me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can't see, but she was just um, showing the motion of him forcing her head down on his junk. And I was like, you know, let me just have the pussycat wig. And then maybe if he rips it off, I might have another one underneath. We'll see. Uh, Ah! You do love a reveal. I do love a reveal. But no, that was like, we hooked up like literally outside of like, like right outside of like my house. Like just right there. Double parked. We didn't even park. It was just like, I just did it. Uh, And it was hot. That was good. Um. But yeah, hooking up with Uber drivers, always look at their pictures. Always look at them because sometimes it's not them. Sometimes they got a friend driving. Um, yeah, and you're like, oh wait, I'm looking at this. This is cute, and then you're like, oh wait. Um, but you know what? The shitty thing is, if you can hook up with an Uber driver, and you know you're gonna fuck them before you get home, have them turn the meter off because so many times I forgot to tell them that, and I still paid. No. <laughs> so I was like. Well, is this like a two for one? Did I just do sex work? Like, did I? This is why everyone needs to send Nikki some money. Yeah, send me money. Yeah, she lets the meter run. Paying for Uber dead. Yeah, bitch. Well, I do have a four point eight rating on Uber. Okay. So I did. So someone didn't like the way you huck huck yuck. (laughs) Yeah, one person was like. Well, I wanted you to keep the pussycat wig on. Oh no! I think I have a I have a four point seven, and I truly believe it's because I am in. I think I get low ratings because I'm in drag. I mean. Could it be just your attitude? I don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't talk to them. Yeah. I I don't. Oh. I do not Good talk to them unless I'm trying to fuck. Unless I'm fu- trying to fuck. I don't want to talk to y'all. I'm like, I don't want to look out the window. I got to be on Twitter. I got to yeah. talk about <laughs> I got to see who's fighting on Twitter. 
That's amazing. Well, I love those tips and tricks. I I haven't been in an Uber in a long time, but it's always been I a friend of mine just told me casually um, he was like, oh, yeah, I was at the grocery store and I saw this really hot guy and he noticed I was checking him out. Then he disappeared around the aisle and he came back with his boyfriend and they were both really hot and they came up and they were like, what's up? And then we all fucked later that day. I was like, you met a person in real life, not on an app and it was hot and you had a threesome that day. Like that is a lost art form because we are just so used to meeting on apps not meeting in person and in the last year all, every stranger we meet is have has the hair face covered oh, wait can i tell a very quick story sure and then this, we're gonna wrap yeah, up this just people. happened to me when i was hosting a party recently and i was t- like the joke of the party is that i hand out cups like the hanky code each cup color means that you're like something else pink fam top blue power bottom black dead inside red down wow the identity as a joke how I, listen i didn't come up with it just it's just my job to sit there and hand them out now um i was doing like i was like giving people little jokes as they came in because i was getting bored so i would be like oh and just so you know the cruising area is all the way to the back and by the right there's urinals in there it's the bathroom and um like it was just like being goofy and so these two guys came in and they had a dog with them, which I was already like, don't bring your dog to a fucking bar with, like, loud music. Please just don't do that. Um, and so I go to go to the bathroom, like, a little bit later in the party, and I see the dog tied up in the uh, handicap stall. Uh, and I was like, what is going on? And I open the door, and the two of these dudes, fully butt-ass naked, like, clothes in the corner, fucking in the bathroom stall. They came together? They came together and, and fucked then they in the took bathroom your advice. stall. And fucked in the bathroom stall. And I was like, oh! And they were like, thanks for the advice. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely go the fuck off, but queen. with their dog tied up staring at them. I know. I mean, that poor dog has probably seen so much prolapse in their life. Abs. These, yeah, these guys look like walking prolapses. All right. But why were they having... I don't get why people take off their full clothes. Yeah, in public. Well, I think that's for the thrill of it, to go all the way. What I never understand is when people take their socks and shoes off at a um, sex party or like a cruising event where they get naked, but you're not in someone's private home. You're not in a bed. Keep your shoes on. What are you doing? Wear Crocs. That's how you step on a needle. Wear Crocs. Um, Nikki, thanks Thank so much so for much being for on coming. the show. Where can people find you and send you reparations? Um, so uh, you can find me at every scene works. I'm just kidding. No, um, you can find me on Instagram at Nikki and I C K Nikki like Minaj and I C K I underscore jizz like semen. Um, so yeah, Nikki underscore jizz is me on Instagram. Nikki jizz on Twitter, um, where I just really just talk about whole and bullshit and legend of Korra. and uh, <laughs> you can uh i do i host five different shows right now um i host what i, yeah, I have a lot of different shows i do reparations at oasis in san francisco every second friday it is an all-black drag show and if you're not you have to be there are your races simple as that i don't make the rules harriet tubman did also, they stream it. If you if you aren't in San Francisco and you can't see it, you can go to Oasis TV and watch it. Yes, you go oh, to Oasis word. TV. You can watch the whole entire show there. Um, you can watch previous shows. 
Um, I also uh, do a roller skating event called Rolling with the Homos in Oakland with my friend Mama Celeste. It is, we have drag queens and kings performing on skates. That's so um, good. So it's like, it's fuck Circus Soleil, we give you fucking faggot ole or whatever. Ah! Uh, faggot ole. And I also do Turbo Pageant, which is a drag competition show that's coming back to Oasis uh, every Wednesday with Florida Man and... I do something else. I can't remember, but follow me on, on those things. Um, and if you don't follow me, you're racist and homophobic and other phobics, whatever they are. Um, and remember you guys, definitely not fat phobic. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not that one. Remember you guys, <laughs> ho is not a phase. Ho is life. 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 We right. learned it here. Yeah. Take thank, us out, Meatball. Thank you all so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at SloppyPod, or you can email us with your questions at SloppySecondsPod at gmail.com, or call in with your fuck talk story, or any story or questions to 213-536-9180. You can also follow us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball, or me on Twitter at Fat Drag Meatball. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode, which come out every Tuesday and Friday. Goodbye! Happy birthday, Meatball! It is my birthday! I think my cat is dying. Doodle doot doot forever, dog! To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Will and Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.